0: Hi and welcome to We Need To Talk podcast where I, Misha, and my ex-husband Ben discuss matters that relate to our separation and divorce, parenting, co-parenting, relationship dynamics, new dating experiences, and all things related to healthy, stable, respectful relationships. We really hope that you enjoy and take value in the topics that we cover and we look forward to connecting with you.
1: Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode two of the We Need to Talk podcast. In this episode, we're going to take a closer look at what healthy separation means to us and maybe some of the lessons we've learned along the way that will hopefully help others maybe gain a little bit of clarity into their own separation journey. Hope you enjoy.
2: Speaking on separating in a healthy way, what does that look like and how do you make that happen? So, where do you go? What do you feel?
0: I feel it's important to remember how to communicate effectively and obviously if there's a breakdown in relationship there is a high chance that communication possibly hasn't been a strong suit between you but I feel that when you are separating it's important that we have communicate you have communication and that's something that you and I did not have in the beginning we didn't have boundaries around us separating because we had the kids and I feel like that struck we struggled with that and I feel like made certain areas of our life worse in a way because we were still expecting, well, I was still expecting you to be doing certain things without actually communicating it to you. And then also because we had the kids, we didn't allow space between us to break up and separate around the children's crossovers and things like that. So I feel like the communication and actually feeling like we've broken up from separating from a marriage and obviously in parenting. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I think we really touched on two sort of things I, I wanted to sort of bring forward today was um, definitely the sep- uh, communication. And I feel like that is sort of probably like you're saying, one of the big differences between how you're going to, going to separate in a healthy way or whether you're going mm-hmm. to continue maybe unhealthy um, habits that have probably contributed to the breakdown. Uh, And then like you're saying, part of that would be uh, the actual time and space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're not communicating and you're also not uh, being afforded or allowed that time and space to actually be separate, Mm -hmm. which is the case for probably, you know, parents out there. uh, Yeah, that's where, again, you're gonna have some unhealthy sort of um, Mm -hmm. dynamics as far as separating those. So definitely gonna touch on both of those probably a little bit more uh, I had one more uh, which was definitely having a look at if you are trying to cultivate that uh, that healthy separation what is your support network what does that look mm. like and, and how sure. does that get sur- surrounded whether it is uh, family whether it's friends or whatnot um, again communication is yeah. going to be a big part of that and how do you communicate with your support network and how are they communicating with you yeah. that's either going to uh, enhance again, healthy um, dynamics as far as your separation goes. uh, And also who's
0: influencing your mindset? Because if you're not having someone that's influencing you in a supportive way, I feel like that can massively affect how your dynamic is with the person that you're separating with. And even for us, like we had separated in our relationship dynamic a year before we told a lot of people and that was mostly because we still had young kids and we were still living together. And and even though we'd separated, it was still like not wanting to tell certain people that on my end that I knew were not gonna be supportive of that choice. While I navigated what it meant for me and how I wanted to move through it with people that I knew weren't gonna be supportive and who in the past when we'd had issues and I'd speak to them, were very heavily in the, I guess, like pointing out the things that we, like ways for us to work on each other, but they weren't in support of us. They were more of like their personal opinion in what they believed would help us in our relationship dynamic, which really wasn't
2: Supporting and, the notion of, of relationship and yeah. marriage rather than our Indo-
0: actual our, and yeah. our individual dynamic because and then that massively affected the choices leading up to our separation and certain dynamics that we had by having outside people that influenced our mm. decisions and our actions but never actually coming back to well, what is it that I need or what is it that I feel is important for me And that is a healthy relationship dynamic when you're turning to people for support and guidance is that they have your needs as more important than what their perspective is on on a relationship dynamic, I feel. So um, is there anything you want to add to that?
2: I think like we've said before, and it's going to keep coming back to this, Mm. but obviously the big one is going to be communication. Mm. Because like you said before, even us... uh, going down that separation path and it being like a year before we sort of really started to um, let others know what was going on. Even that in itself was like, that lack of communication is mm-hmm. like a, it kind of stems the flow of being able to communicate, one, and get in touch with yourself, two, probably within, within the relationship, like if mm-hmm. you if you break, if there's a breakdown, you're probably not communicating as well yeah. as you wanted to. So then there's a whole bunch of mixed signals and what's being communicated out to the world, what you're communicating to with the partner you're separating with. Um, again, it can kind of clash and, and make things probably worse, I feel. I feel, mm. um,
0: Especially if you're, when you're turning to people that one, don't like the other partner. So then you're turning to people to vent maybe for yourself. But they're feeding that venting, and they're feeding their personal opinion and perspective onto the dynamic. That isn't going to help you then separate amicably. Because the thing is, if you're in a relationship, somewhere in that journey, you liked each other. And for majority of people, you loved that person. And it was good. So then if you're separating on the anger and the frustration and the pain, which is normal for a separation, otherwise why are you separating for a majority of people? It's not gonna be supportive for your healing journey. And especially when you have children and you're separating on pain and anger and you know all that that, that comes with it, you're not gonna be separating on a supportive way that's in the best interest of your children. And you can separate if it doesn't, if the dynamic isn't working and it's not, and there's nothing that you can do to fix that relationship dynamic. There's no reason to separate from a place of anger and pain because the only people that are gonna really be like I guess like the full brunt blunt? Brunt? Brunt? Brunt of that anger and pain and frustration is your children. And they're looking at you to learn how do people navigate their problems, how they navigate their challenges, how do they respond to each other, how do they process their emotions. They're learning from you for how to perceive the world that they're growing up in. And if that is what you are showing them and we have, like in the beginning of our journey separating and stuff, we were we fought a lot. We didn't speak to each other. We like I would drop the kids off at the door, like the glass like the door of my apartment. And like there would be no communication, there'd be no voicing unless there was something important for me to express to you for the kids or vice versa when you bring them back. But we weren't on speaking terms. And what we realized is how much the children are suffering from that dynamic and how their emotional um, turmoil, their emotional, mm. their emotions were really being affected because we weren't on speaking terms because we had been fighting and arguing on the phone or whatever, mm. so. It affects their um,
2: ability to feel safe. It's yes, like their, their safety yeah, is, yeah. is in jeopardy because what should be, I guess, containing them in a, in a place of love yeah. and in a place of um, you know, feeling safe emotionally as well as physical mm. is being questioned now because the two people that are supposed to be closest to them are now sort of biting heads in, mm. in, in, and showing them a different side to, to the world that they don't, yeah. y- you can't shelter your kids, but there's also like the stuff mm. that there's no reason for them to be caught up in. They're now being caught up in. Um,
1: yeah.
2: For sure. But I think one thing I was going to add was um, not to discount or... or negate the parents as well Mm -hmm. in terms of kind of like what you're saying before and uh you know if you do break up and it's not amicable and you are fighting and doing all this sort of stuff that it affects the kids we've got to remember it's it's going to affect um the two people breaking up as well and what i mean is obviously you weren't happy in the relationship Mm -hmm. so you decide to separate Hopefully you're thinking that that move to separate is to gain happiness, to get into a better Mm -hmm. place emotionally and headspace and all that sort of stuff. You're wanting to better your life by moving out of that dynamic that wasn't working. So like what we're saying is kind of, if you're gonna hold on to all that negative stuff, Mm. are you gonna be any happier? Regardless of whether you've separated or not. Like if you're gonna hold on to all that stuff and wanna fight with each other every time you see each other and stuff and have a negative uh, communication between each other, you're not actually moving out of that dark space which is kind of why you wanted to end it in the first place if that makes sense
0: yeah and I think like yeah when you are separating whether it be separating with kids or separating without children I feel like you find a way in time like obviously have have your morning be angry be upset because it's important that you feel all the spectrums of your emotions but without in the way of you like transferring it to the external person. Because there's two people in a relationship dynamic, two people contributed to the problems, two people contributed to the pain, the trauma, the challenges, all of that. Regardless of the roles that were played, there is two people that come to that dynamic. And when you're separating, if you're just holding on to all the pain and anger and frustrations and trauma or whatever, that the external person has done, you're not really allowing yourself to take ownership for the things and the roles that you played in to then start the process for you to heal and have that awareness for yourself. And as long as you are transferring everything to them, you are still gonna be holding on to all the pain and anger and everything for your life. That's not gonna help you be happier, which is like what Ben mentioned, of like separating to feel happier. You're not gonna feel that. And not only that, you're taking that pain and anger and everything into your new relationships that you have in the future, whether, you know, whatever that dynamic is for you, you're taking everything from the past relationship, the pain, the anger, the hurt, the challenges, the whatever the emotional attachment that you have and without processing it, releasing it, gaining awareness from it, gaining what the lessons were that you needed to, for, for yourself and how you contributed to that breakdown of the relationship. You're going to take everything that that, ha- that you gain from that life, even if it's not supportive of you, and transfer it into your new relationship dynamic. And that's just not supportive. If you want to be happier, you have to put in the work, you have to heal, you have to gain the lesson, you have to gain the awareness. Because with that comes the sense of freedom and happiness and a deeper connection to yourself. And also the relationship dynamics will still repeat um and that's what I noticed when I felt ready to start dating again is the people that I would connect with still had the same qualities that you had or we had in the relationship dynamic lack of communication lack of not commitment but it was more of like it wasn't because obviously you committed to me but then also you didn't because mm-hmm. you were still reserved and you still like yeah again lack communication lacked like a healthy relationship dynamic. So because I didn't process and heal in the way that I feel was supportive that I have been working on since that awareness was everything that you presented me and past relationships before you, I still was attracting the exact same style. It was almost like you in a different form and then again and again. So then it didn't go very far. And again, I would just continually get hurt because and frustrated because I'm like, why am I still attracting the same people for why the relationship that I ended and it be repeating? So then that's when you have to self-reflect and self-analyze what is happening within myself that I'm attracting the same dynamic, timing, timing, like what, you know, again. So, um, yeah.
2: So I think that's... Um... Again, like that's gonna be a big part of separating, help like in a healthy way. Mm, is yeah. you know breaking those patterns and cycles. But I think um, again circling back to the communication yeah. is such a such a massive thing. Mm. Um, you know, even one of the things that um, where did I get it from? I mean, more than like Netflix or something like that. It was uh, it was one of those Tony Robbins um shows and there was there was a woman she was dealing with uh, a relationship dynamic with with her father and uh it was something that i really uh took from from this um from this show and definitely relates for for our separation any separation um was he basically said to her she had a lot of trauma and a lot of um you know mistrust and stuff with with her dad and he basically said, like, like you're saying, you, have the, you absolutely have the right to feel what you need to feel. Grieve and, and allow yourself to, to, to honour everything that's sort of gone on for you and, and feel that stuff. But then he also said to her that, like, blame him for the things that he didn't do right. But if you're going to blame him, you need to blame him for 100% of the relationship. So that means, like, yes hold them accountable for where that person partner or whatever hasn't quite uh, met your needs but you're still going to have to realize that you also have to then hold them accountable for the things that they did right Mm -hmm. and once I kind of like took that on for for a number of relationships in my life um, but us as well it's like okay like that to me is where you can also start that healthy separation like we're talking about which is kind of like what you said in terms of you're not just holding on to all the negative, and you can. You're saying like, okay, at some stage, the two of you loved each other or really enjoy each other's company or that sort of stuff. And so, when you can kind of come from that place, like you're saying, hold them accountable and learn from where the relationship dynamic didn't go well, but then also kind of you can see that person for the fact that okay, like somewhere along the lines, they did do things right, and hopefully they weren't too much of a you know a bad person in terms of as a whole to the point where you can then look at that person as a whole Mm -hmm. in order to separate um you know in a healthy way yeah Um, because yeah like you're saying otherwise you drag that on to further relationships because the actual pattern doesn't change
0: yeah and i think even when you reflect on it and see the things that you did do right that helps you to reaffirm like even for yourself of like I did, even though there was a breakdown and there was areas that I didn't like and I don't want to repeat, there's still a lot of great qualities that, it's like the pain of what is brought to the relationship is there. But there was also a lot of great moments and experiences and things that that the person was able to teach you. That when you value that, when you feel grateful and appreciation for those good times, I feel like it helps You to heal in a way because you're not just repeating the same pain and trauma of why that person wasn't your person or why that person, why the breakdown of relationships. And even for myself, I feel like that helped me heal in sections for us because for so long, I just repeated the same things of like things you didn't do well, the things that I hated, the things that hurt me, the things that like I don't want in another relationship, but then I'm constantly just only focused on all the shit aspects of the relationship dynamic, when there wasn't. There was a lot of great things about us, especially because we've known each other since we were teenagers. Like there is, like how many years has that we known each other? Since 10 2007. Yeah, so 10, 13, 14. So 14 years we've known each other. So there is a lot of great things that we've learned from each other, that we've taught each other, and things that we've been able to gain for our own journey in life. And then in comparison, yes, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of things that we didn't do well together. But that is very small in compared to the bigger, I guess, dynamic of our relationship. And I feel like holding on to that and then using the challenges and the pain as a lesson, but being grateful and appreciating the good aspects of relationships, I feel helps us one, be better parents for our children.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. And also see like how I guess it helps obviously with our children growing up to point out more of the good things about each other as opposed to, which we never did, we never really spoke badly about each other in front of the kids, unless we were arguing in front of them. Um, But I think it helps with them to also see, I guess the great, like a great healthy relationship dynamic even when it's not two people living under the same roof. Um, But also then I feel like that helps you then attract more supportive relationships because you're focusing on the good, healthy aspects of that you want Mm. in a relationship. And that can be any relationship. It doesn't have to be an intimate one. It could be friendships. It could be improving your family dynamics. So I feel like the more you focus on the pain and the trauma and only associate that to your relationship dynamics, that is what you're going to continue to attract and that's what you're going to continue to experience in your life. Whereas when you can focus on... The great aspects, the healthy aspects, the aspects of your life that you really do love in your relationship dynamics, you're going to attract more and more of that into your life. And also, when you have children, that's what you're showing them and illustrating to them of healthy dynamics.
2: Um, in line with, that, I think, obviously, at times, easier said than done, which is kind yes. of why, like yeah. we said before, you still you still get to honor like if you're not ready to hit that point yet, yeah. go through your grieving process, feel how you need to feel. Um, And then, when obviously, when you come to that time, you can start mm-hmm. sort of doing what you need to do internally, and that's when maybe you can start looking at the fact that yes, okay, there were positives here, there were positives there, mm-hmm. um, and I think furthermore with that is the fact that that helps you kind of like what you're saying. Um, this was for me as, as anyway was once you start actually finding some of the the positives in the relationship dynamic again, it can help. It, uh, Internally, how you feel about yourself. Yeah. Because so I know, like for me, once I really started to dwell on all the negatives, I started being like, "Damn! Like I was like I was a shitty husband. I was a shitty this, So I was crap at that." And then the more you start to keep telling yourself that, and in the internal self-talk, the more you start to really take that on, and that becomes a part of you. So then again, you're kind of going to carry that on to any further relationship, or that's going to hinder you from even wanting to go into a further relationship if you're kind of thinking. I can't possibly be in another relationship because I'm an absolute like trash man or I'm absolute mm-hmm. trash at relationships. So mm-hmm. again, like once you start to sort of be like, okay, like yes, you know, communication could have been better, but did I do this well? Or, or mm-hmm. hopefully some of the time or when you start looking at the okay like okay, I'm not the complete, you know, bag that I think I am or thought I was or whatever, mm-hmm. um, so again, like the communication within yourself, I think is gonna be a big part of the separating in a healthy way once you do get to that point where you can start looking at some of the neg- uh, positives as well as the negatives. Um, as well as like we're saying, how it affects if you have children and being able to move forward.
0: Mm. I think also like, like you want your children to have a better life than what you do. And that's every generation. like. Yeah. And still they're gonna go through their hard lessons and things like that. But you want them to be able to improve on the aspects of your life. Like you want a better life for them, regardless of how amazing you feel your life is. Like you always want them to have more opportunities, more experiences, more love, more, all of that, right? And I feel like that's the place where I feel like you and I began to get to in the beginning when we weren't speaking to each other and seeing how that really badly affected them But it was also like, we don't want them to see our modeling of what a relationship is and then implement that in their life. And that's been the biggest, I guess, like um, driver motivation for me for them is I don't want Nala to experience the hardships in the relationships and the lack of voice and the lack of self-worth and the lack of, you know, all of that stuff when she starts going you know she's the age of dating and attracting different relationships and stuff so then that means i have to do the work first so that i can mirror to her and be a supportive role model to her what a healthy relationship dynamic is and that means educating myself on what is a healthy relationship dynamic and then i feel the same thing for you like marcos is so much like you that he mirrors your qualities so it's the same thing. And I feel like we, when we did have many conversations of, about that, of if you don't work on these mm. aspects of your life, you're pretty much guaranteeing that your son is going to follow your steps because he's looking to you. What is a man? How do they respond to their life? How do they communicate with people? How do they treat the women in their life? And it's not just me, it's everyone. Yeah. And if you are not being supportive, if you're not being you know, a, a healthy role model to him, that is gonna be the same repeating patterns that he's gonna create because he's looking at you, how am I going to be a man in the house? How am I gonna be a father? How am I gonna be a romantic partner? Whoever he ends up being with, male, female, being single, whatever his choices are, same with Nala. But he's looking at you of how do I show up in the world and how do I respond to the people around me? And we did have a few conversations about that and i think the first time i think we spoke about it didn't go well but then i also reflect on that and learn okay how do i reword myself that you're able to receive it in a way of that this is for marcos not an attack
1: Mm. and then we
0: approached it again i remember i think we're in a car park somewhere or something after cairo or something like that and i just went from a place of just again clear communication and honoring of like I feel this is really important to say because it's for Marcos and Marla, but I feel like there's areas of your traits that you maybe need to start looking at because I can see Marcos following your footsteps and I don't want him to go through the pain that you've experienced with our relationship breakdown, but also just in the relationships in his life. So I guess when we came from a place of like, I guess like compassion and understanding, But also a place of like this is what's important and valuable for our child. I really am asking you to just have a look and see and observe him, so that you're able to look at like how is it that you're showing up for him.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And um, there was a time where we had to talk really, really early on. Before we'd probably officially separated, but obviously we were already sort of heading down that route. I think by then I'd probably moved out of the bedroom, that sort of thing. And I remember it was, um, I guess, like we were not separated,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I wouldn't say working on it, but we were still kind of communicating and whatnot. And I remember by that stage I had gone pretty internal because we were having a lot of issues, and obviously my lack of communication mm. outward meant I just internalized. And I remember you kind of saying like you need to understand that right now there's you and then there's us mm-hmm. and it was like it was like you and the kids and me and I was pretty much like I was so internal and just in my head with everything going on that it was kind of like I was on my own mm-hmm. my own island sort of thing and that one that really hit me even though obviously it wasn't enough of a wake up to make the changes I needed right. to change it still like it cut me like it I remember just being like like it just kind of blew me out of the water, yeah, and that was like I well, was like, god damn, like what like unfortunately, instead of like, okay, like, what am I going to do? Mm. Unfortunately, my mind was, oh, my God, what have I done,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so obviously so you're still going like we're saying, you're still going down probably like the the path that not the greatest path, um but yeah, like that was the first time that was kind of really mm. at least somewhere the see I the feel see like that was that, was
0: that was the theme because of even yeah. Like when I first got pregnant because of the army and whatever, I still felt that way. I felt Mm. felt that way pretty much the whole process of our parenting journey up until maybe this year. Of that, it really felt like it was me and them and then you. Mm. And even when you had them, it still felt like I was, it was still the three of us and then you were the external person and I feel like it wasn't until this year that we started to really well, I understand, understand, understand yeah, yeah and understand how to still be a, a strong family unit the four of us for them in a way that you can still help and support and things like that and it didn't feel like you were just a lone soldier and then we were the external people
2: which I think from my end seems like obviously that would come down to like trust
0: like mm-hmm. once
2: you kind of lost that trust even if I'm with them, you're still, unfortunately, thinking, like, is he still doing what needs to be done? Is he still yeah. meeting their needs? Or are they is coming home like, and they're emotional? Yeah like, are these, what's these, going on? Exactly, yeah, like, are all these things still happening where yeah. I have to pick up the slack as the mum because he's not playing the role he needs to be properly because I can't trust that he is because he's already shown me within the marriage mm-hmm. that he's not being able to fulfill that need. Yeah. So I think, um, again, you know, to me, communication, okay. communication. But yeah. like you've said, though... Mm. communication might also mean whether it's the male or female might also mean receiving that communication because yeah. you had communicated i didn't receive so i kept doing things that you're communicating saying hey this needs to change this needs to change this needs to change yeah. um, and i might think like there was times where like i thought like i was doing more but realistically all i was doing was probably just banging my head against the brick wall yeah. harder yeah. you know what i mean like i might double down and be like oh like i've just got to be a better provider i've got to be a better this i have got to i'll do more around how i'll do all this sort of stuff so where i'm like okay like i'm being a better husband by doing these things mm. instead of actually receiving this is the need that you are communicating and yeah. saying i need this yeah. in our marriage or as a parent
0: yeah and i feel like that's why this year i've seen the shifts because for the first time i feel like you are actually able to receive it Like, when I say, like, this is what I need support with. And then instead of you going into, like, almost like a power mode of, like, oh, if I do this and I'll do this and I'll do this, then that that will fix it. Where instead of going, like, what do you need? Mm. And me saying, I need this. And you go, okay.
1: 100%.
0: Not going, I need this. And you go, boom, I'm just going to make up all this other shit that is irrelevant (laughs) to what actually is that I'm communicating is what I need. And I feel like that has been a healthy contribution, maybe, yeah, to our relationship dynamic for the kids, especially as my my work increases and my study load and everything like that. I've needed you to step up because I haven't been as available in presence for the kids that you have to step into that role. So then when I communicate to you, I need you to do this, or I need you to hold space for the kids this weekend because I haven't been able to, or I need you to do more fun with them, the kids, because I haven't been able to, you actually go, okay, I hear it. You hear what needs for the family dynamic and the health, like and being an available parent to the kids because you're on the space to do that helps the whole dynamic of all of us flow Mm -hmm. easier. And I feel like that is a very valuable, I guess, lesson for anyone is if someone, like one, ask specifically what someone needs. If yep. you're upset, if they're stressed, if they're angry, go, what do you need? And actually, just let them say what it is they need and then you receive that. Don't go on another, like, out, like making up other things outside of that also I feel like for me, I got to a place where like I actually would voice it. Like I voiced, like I specifically need you to help me with food because I'm not able to cook as, as much. And for a while you were getting us Uber Eats or things like that. And that was helping. But then I, I, I feel like it's, t- it's two people because I have to confidently say, I need this. And then the person receiving it go, okay, I'll do that. If they're in the pl- and then also the other yeah. dynamic of having to be in the place to do it. And that's also where checking in helps. I'm like, I need this, are you able to do that? And you honoring if you aren't, or you are. And then we work out a, um, what's the word? Like,
1: compromise a or, compromise, yeah. yeah.
0: Of how, okay, well, I can't do that this week, but next weekend I'll be able to do that. Does that still work? And like, okay, let's do that. Yeah.
2: So that's like, again, like, Bring it back to the whole like topic of the healthy separation. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: I think mean, that's, that's you know, such a, such a big one is depending on the stage of the separation, like obviously mm. kind of like an, an elongated separation sort of thing that we're going through. Like it might be someone that's right in the thick of it, mm. but it is that sort of once again, you can kind of uh, go through the pain and the grieving when you get to that mm. point where you actually can receive what's the other person's needs which obviously there are times where depending on how um you know fresh the wounds are basically Mm -hmm. it might be hard to detach from your own pain hurt ego all that sort of stuff and actually hear what those that person's needs are um which like to me again like that was probably one of my downfalls is even when separation is going on you're still saying like hey like this is what i need right now if i'm still kind of like uh, coming from a place of lack or a place of hurt or a place of what if you know if I do all this will then you know can we get back together or will yeah, this will this build a relationship like instead of just coming from a place of put all that aside as much as I can in a healthy way this is what she needs right now as the mother of my children this is what she needs right now as as a woman who's saying like I need this to be like mentally and physically healthy like you know what I mean like i don't you know I mean like yeah, we separated, but I don't want you having some sort of melt, you know, mental breakdown because you've completely fallen apart because mm. I'm not saying that you were like that, but, you know, I mean, if someone's going through a rough time and they're not having their needs met at some stage, depending on how strong they are, depending on their mm. supports, they can get to a really bad place in life. Hopefully, you're in a place where within your separation and talking about healthy separation that you can say, wow, this is what that person actually needs mm. outside of my own needs. How do I make that happen? Mm. And that to me is um, the difference probably between the healthy separation and and that healthy sort of masculine place within the separation as well. Because I mean like, you know, you can come in and want to be, you know, knight in shining armor, you can wanna try and fix things, you can wanna try and do all this stuff. Um, but if you're not actually meeting the needs that are being mm-hmm. presented, it kinda doesn't matter. And like I was saying, that's when you kind of start banging your head against a brick wall and when you got kids as well, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. And it, it, it won't um it won't move the situation forward where you're wanting it to move as parents and as two people wanting to like we were saying before, be be happy and, and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah.
0: Mm. And I feel like even though the main topic for this is how to separate in a healthy way, I feel like if you're listening to this and you are wanting to improve your life or you would not want to separate and you want to improve things that are going, or you're having issues with, so that you don't have to separate, I feel like take that lesson of like, check in with each other, check in with like how, even do it daily or, or weekly, of how, what am I doing well in our relationship? Mm. And and acknowledge that. and And also you receive that. Like you allow yourself to receive of like, what am I doing well in our relationship and what are the things I need to improve on? And then allow the person to respond and don't take it personally. But also don't attack the other person going, well, you didn't do the dishes and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. Like there needs to be a healthy desire to want to improve your relationship dynamic through your communication. And you're going to start by those easy prompts of what can I do that to help deepen and more of a healthy relationship dynamic how can i show up more for you and then especially we should really do this because i did learn this when i did one of my check-in
1: um, yeah three. the nlp
0: when i did my nlp um, practitioner course this was one of the things that the guy that was instructing it said that he does with his wife um, and it's just those checking points of like what am i doing well for you and what are you needing and how else what can i improve on and then you just have those check-ins and you'd be in a place where you can listen to each other and take it on but not in the way of, of like i said like oh you didn't do this you didn't do that just say like this week i'm really needing help with the dishes
2: so it's about your needs you... rather than nagging
0: yeah and i mean like it would be really helpful if you could help me with that and then if you know the person's like well like i'm working late or this but okay we'll compromise go well i'll do it two nights a week you do it too and i'll do it too and then we'll do a check-in next week of how we're going with that and we need to adapt it What am I doing really well? Well, I really appreciated that you left my food hot on the stove. So when I got home, I still got a hot meal, even though we didn't get to sit down together or, or, you know, whatever it is. And then what are you needing? I'm needing more support. I need you just to give me a hug and don't say anything. Don't try and fix anything. Don't offer me anything. I just need to be held today. Like, and I feel like that is a valuable thing. One, even to do if you're separated and you've got kids, do those check-ins. Um, And then maybe not necessarily in the beginning of your separation, if you're at the beginning of that journey, but maybe in time when it feels right when two people are in a good place to be able to do that, to give give, as well as receive Mm. it. And if you're in a place of just wanting to deepen your relationship, or if you're in a place where you're wondering if you should separate, do that as well because, and do with all your relationships, I feel like yeah, that's I valuable so, in yeah. dynamics. And I have done it with the kids a little bit, but they're more of like, they're, they're still learning it and obviously, but, but they, they get it as well mm. sometimes. Um,
2: I think that ties in well with probably, we spoke on a little bit, but I think more, uh, mm. the, the need for that time and space. Yeah. So it's kind of like obviously like when you're talking about wanting to have maybe these check-ins and things If you if you yeah. haven't allowed for maybe that time and space to break up and mourn and do your yeah. own as like you are You're saying you no longer want to be in that union as kind of like together mm. So you kind of then you're saying I want to be separate and my own Sovereign being again. Yeah, so you kind of also need to allow for that as much as you can Like obviously for us um, That wasn't completely Possible one having kids and just being financially in a place where for a while we were still having to share The same, the same roof because we just, yeah. you know for the for the one single rent and things like that um, so at that point Obviously having like that check-in may not have been the case because mm-hmm. we may not have received or might have come from a place Where the, the ego steps in you want a rebuttal or you want to have an argument like well yeah. I'm saying that I needed you to do this and you didn't and you know someone's gonna come back and be like oh Well, this is why like
1: yeah,
2: not receiving it properly to actually be like okay like this is simply just Here's my needs.
1: Yeah,
2: here's where we can improve on the dynamic as separating or as couple or whatever um, and so I think yeah talking about the fact that time and space where it can be afforded I think for um, my personal opinion Mm -hmm. is big in being able to separate in a healthy way
0: yeah and I feel again it's important not to use those times if you are choosing to check in with each other to then pinpoint everything that they're doing wrong because if you're pointing the finger at where they're going wrong you also need to point the finger back at you and go where am I going wrong Where am I not showing up? Where am I not putting up my boundaries or voicing my needs or voicing up, like getting to the core of why it is that I need, I feel the need to complain about something or point out something that you're doing wrong. Where in myself am I not showing up for myself? Or where am I contributing to this dynamic for me to only see that you're doing wrong? Because when there's, well, I guess, actually for all areas of your life, whether it's with someone else or for yourself, you need to take ownership for the things that you're also contributing to your life or to your relationship dynamics. Because without taking ownership, and what's that word? There's a word, um, something ownership. What's the word? The extreme ownership. Yeah, the book or something. Yeah. Like there is- Great book. I haven't read it, I just know about it and I understand the value of it. Because if it's any area of your life personally, professionally, relationships, parenting, whatever. There there has to be an aspect where you take extreme ownership for yourself, for your beliefs, for your actions, for your patterning, for your programming, whatever dynamic or whatever it is that's showing up for you. You, it's gonna be more beneficial to take ownership before pointing the finger, reflect it back onto you. And then approach it from that place as opposed to You're doing all these things wrong. You are the problem in our relationship. You are the one not showing up. You are the one that's going to force us to break Mm -hmm. up because there is two people and it's important and valuable that you also reflect on yourself and how you, it would benefit you improving on areas of your life where you need to also show up for yourself and for that person. And I feel like that's even in separations and friendships, family, all of that because there has been areas of our separation where I've required you to step up, but then I'm not also doing the same thing for you. Like I'm putting more, I guess, focus on the areas that I believe you need to step up, but I'm not then reflecting on myself to be able to go, well, hang on, how am I contributing to this dynamic? Even if it's that I haven't even voiced it to you, like I get angry at you because you don't do something, but yet I haven't actually once said, I need you to do this. So I'm getting angry at you for not not knowing something that you don't know because I haven't expressed it to you. So then that's valuable of, again, reflecting on yourself of how am I contributing to this emotional thing that I'm going through because the external person doesn't have awareness of it, but I haven't expressed it to them. And maybe that's even where your frustration could be more coming from because you're frustrated that I don't know how to express it to you so that you will receive it because this stuff is something going wrong but how do i say it to you so i'm just going to sit here and be angry at you instead and then when you come home or when i see you i'm just going to like verbal vomit at you and be snappy and, and irritated without actually going well hang on i'm actually contributing to this as well
2: so i think my question is then do you see time and space helping that because i find like say our dynamic if you're having like these issues are like, I'm, I'm really frustrated with you right now because you're not you know, meeting this need or whatnot. But like you're saying, you've got to kind of go back and where can I take ownership and things like that. Mm. If you're not allowing time and space, can you even get to a point of getting to that ownership because like you're frustrated about this person doing this. Mm. They come back in the door the physical embodiment of them being there draws that frustration up more. So you have even like, you know what I mean? Like you can't even get to that point of like, okay, like how do I actually get through this, solve this, you know, up level sort of thing to a point of being able to like, okay, like we can actually work on fixing this rather than just being in it. Mm. Um, I feel like, and it might not mean, again, depending on the, the dynamic, time and space may even just be taking the dog for a walk. Yeah. And that might be that time where you can do any internal talk you want to do, be just mm. completely silent call yeah. someone that you need to call. It might be, you know, many ways in which time and space can happen. But I do feel, um, again, my opinion is that the time and space thing um, can sometimes be the difference between continuing the cycles because you mm. can't quite get off the, the hurt train, basically, because it just keeps coming back through yeah. the station. Uh and not being able to maybe see things a little bit more clearer, whether that is the taking ownership or improving you know, the communication, being able to even look at doing up your list of what are my needs, and, you know, what's going well, what's not going well, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, yeah, time and space, yeah. big.
0: Well, on that, I feel like that's the perfect end point so that we can have time and space <laughs> between our next podcast and our next video. Um, yeah, so thank you, I feel like there's a lot of value and a lot of valuable techniques and things to support in creating a healthy relationship in the way of separation or to prevent yourself from going through a separation. Um, and again, it always comes back down to we
1: communication Yeah, and we need to talk.
0: <laughs> so uh thank you for tuning in we appreciate you and i valued um the feedback that i have received from our first episode so if you haven't listened to it please go check it out um and thank you and we wish that all of you enter into loving healthy relationship dynamics in all areas of your life
1: yeah done Thank you for tuning in to the We Need to Talk podcast, episode two. Hope that you enjoyed it. And of course, we hope that there was a little takeaway moment or maybe an aha point for you that resonates. If you do want to connect further or maybe you have questions or points you'd like to be brought up in future episodes, please feel free to contact us. The best way to do so would be via Misha's Instagram, which is divine underscore life underscore alchemist.